to WTM watch this movie I am your host Eric Mulder so he says wrecked him damn near killed him joining me today is Mr. Wolfie T what is up Brett not much just chilling I'm kicking a lot homie kicking a stupid dog moves busting it out busting it out you are not just chilling you are kicking it live kicking the stupid dope moves Indeed. Um, <laughs> also joining us is Jason. Say hello, Jason. Hello, Jason. Jason's a legend, Jimmy. A legend. Today, we're uh, doing a little bit of a makeup. You know, last summer we did the Summer of Fun and Summer Down Under, where we specialized in some Aussie films. So we did a leftover of Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome. We did breakdowns of Animal Kingdom and Wake and Fright. And then we were thinking of a fourth, or I guess we were trying to think of another uh, fourth Aussie movie to do. Not a lot was coming to mind, I guess, at the time. We fit, we kind of fit Jaws into the equation a little bit because there's some Aussie elements to it. Like a lot of the uh, shark's shots are taken in Australia. Hmm. Some of the, the stuff they did with the actual live sharks is from right around there. Um, what about Crocodile Dundee? Yeah, we thought about that. Um, but like, it, you know, we don't really do too many comedies, you know? Sure. Although, I'd really be up for Crocodile Dundee because I fucking love Crocodile Dundee. <laughs> but um, that's also like the, the go-to. It's, it's almost cl- like the hack response. It's a little cliche. Sure. Yeah. On the nose. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing Australians are offended by it. Maybe. Then again, maybe they're not. Maybe they're like, that's that's perfect, spot on. Well, Paul Hogan, he's a national treasure. <laughs> is he still is he still around? Yeah, he's still around. Still doing stuff. Of course, him and uh, Linda got dis- divorced uh, a few years ago. Almost made it. Him <laughs> and Linda? Yeah, the girl from, the lady from Crocodile Dundee. He was Linda married, Kozlowski. I didn't know he married Linda Hogan. <laughs> <laughs> was, that, was that after she divorced Hulk? <laughs> Linda, she's just cleaning up, taking all the money, getting these divorces. <laughs> you don't hear about her anymore. Yeah, I suppose wasn't she dating like Hulk's? Uh, it was like, like oh no, Hulk's like their her, son. It was like her son's friend. Yeah, who was what like twenty like, something? Yeah, it was like nineteen when they started dating. And she's what like fifty? So wait, they got divorced yeah. like after the reality show ended. Yeah. Like, pretty soon after that must have been, right? hmm Yeah. And then she started dating her son's friend? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Pretty quick. Okay. Hulk was dating somebody else that was young as well. Mm-hmm. Not that young. She was, mm-hmm. like, in her 30s, maybe. Yeah. 
Okay. All right. Enough That's... about Hulk Hogan. Yeah, he's not Australian. How did we get on that? He's huge in Australia, though. They love him. Do they now? They love him down there. Hulkamania is running wild down under. Um, so we had thought about maybe doing Wolf Creek or something like that last fall, and it just never came to fruition. So consider this a little makeup for another Aussie film because this is one of the best uh, Australian exploitation movies out there. Dead End Drive-In uh, is directed by Brian Trenchard-Smith, who is one of Tarantino's favorite directors. And this so happens to be his favorite movie from this director. So Tarantino, big fan of the old Dead End Drive-In. And it's a rule we have to like what Quentin likes. Yep, it's a rule. <laughs> it's the rules. There aren't even bare feet in this movie, I don't think. <laughs> I'm sure there are. <laughs> there probably are. Starring uh, Ned Manning as Krabs or Jimmy. Like, he's Jimmy up until about halfway through, and then all of a sudden he's Krabs for the rest of the movie. Or yeah. Krabsy. Yeah. I suppose his, uh, <laughs> his family calls him Jimmy in the beginning. Yeah. Although we'll get to that in a little bit. Um, Doesn't his girlfriend call him Jimmy? Like, through the whole movie? Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, she definitely doesn't call him Krabs. Krabsy. <laughs> you had a pretty good story for that nickname, though. Mm-hmm. I don't know why you would share that story, but... We can, we can get to it when uh, we're in there talking about the plot. Uh, Natalie McCurry plays his girlfriend, Carmen. Peter Whitford plays Thompson. He's kind of like the, the super or the uh, manager of the drive-in. Wilbur Hild, or no, sorry, Wilbur Wild is Haza. Dave Gibson is Dave. Sandy Linkston is Beth. Ollie Hall is Frank. Lynn Collingwood is Faye. Nikki McWaters is Cheryl. Cheryl. S-H-I-R-L. That's a unique spell. Sweet. Yeah, I like it. Cheryl. (laughs) Cheryl. It's probably short for Shirley. It could be. Synopsis. In the near future, a teenage couple are trapped in a drive-in theater which has become a concentration camp for social outcasts. The inmates are treated to drugs, exploitation films, junk food, and new wave music. This was 86, right? Yep. So the Best near, year there is. The near future was like 88. <laughs> Didn't um, they say it was 88 in the movie? No, because they give uh, details, storylines all the way up through 1990. All right. And then I read that the movie actually takes place in 95. Okay. So... Yeah, because yeah, it starts with different events that lead to kind of the apocalyptic nature of the current world. And uh, one of them... They don't show any of that, right? They just show little... Yeah, they uh, just give dates and... They, yeah, they make you read. Detail, yeah, because yeah. uh, they were surprisingly close. They go, uh, on June 10th, 1990, is the second Wall Street crash. And I was like, that's pretty close. Because the second big one was in 87, which would have been a year after this movie came out. Mm-hmm. That was Black Monday, as it is known, mm. or Black Tuesday in Australia and New Zealand because of the time ah, jump. Yes. So it's Black Tuesday there, fit in for Australia. Um, the Dow fell 508 points, which was 22.61% at the time. See, 508 points isn't that big of a deal right now. It fell like 425 yesterday, but that was like, you know, one point some percent of 24,000 some. <laughs> It's all relative. 
Yeah. So this when the Dow fell five hundred eight, it went back to like I forget what the number was. It was it was in the one thousand range. It was in the teens. So yeah, they actually were pretty close on that uh, stock market prediction. But um, they talked about there's a Cape Town where it was like the white genocide or white massacre. Yeah. Like one hundred and three thousand white people were murdered. Yeah. And then diamond and gold sales stopped, or exports stopped. Yeah. Which mm-hmm. I was like, huh. When did apartheid end? Like mid-90s? Early 90s, yeah. yeah. Well, Mandela was elected in, what, 94? Thereabouts. Mm-hmm. Although some people think he died in 80. <laughs> Mandela effect, <laughs> we're talking about. <laughs> yeah, we bring up the Mandela effect probably more often than... Probably too much. We should just make this movies. Mandela effect podcast. <laughs> Just misremembering movies. <laughs> <laughs> I like to blame it on stuff that I can't remember because then I'm never wrong. Mm-hmm. Of course. Yeah, my my own personal uh, parallel universe has a lot of gaps in time. Mm, I see. I see. So there was something that happened in Tahiti, too. I forget what the Tahiti thing was. Yeah, there was a couple of different things. Uh, but basically, just uh, there's a worldwide economic economic crisis although this film focuses on just uh, one town in australia and uh i won't really go through the whole plot beat by beat i think we have enough notes to get us through plus this movie's pretty short slightly under an hour and a half and it's a pretty simple plot too pretty yeah, straightforward yeah. it seems in this near you know dystopian future that I think they kind of mentioned at some point or I read it somewhere that pretty much cars are just a commodity now. They can't really make new cars like they can, but they don't really have the means of production or the labor force to, I guess, consistently produce vehicles. So you have these groups like the car boys, scavengers, that anytime there's an accident, they're driving around trying to, you know, steal parts, basically, to barter with and to increase their, I guess, their... What do you want to say? The the reach of their own fleet of vehicles. Yeah. And they're just driving around in like sedans and stuff. I don't know where they're fitting all these parts. <laughs> <laughs> they're, and there's like five of them in there. So it's like, <laughs> it, it's got to go in the trunk, I guess. And I, I don't know if the trunk is going to fit like four tires and then like a fender and an engine. Yeah. Um, seems like they're just going to take whatever the fuck they can get and yeah. then just you know, reappropriate it somewhere or, you know, repurpose it. Yeah, they didn't really uh, explain what they do with the parts once they get They just, like, want the parts. Yeah, they either want to use them or sell them, you just assume. Yeah. And it seems like a pretty dangerous time, although Jimmy, he doesn't seem phased by it. He's just always out jogging, running, keeping in shape, keeping fit. He's building up. (laughs) Building up. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Because he's running around, you know, and it kind of looks... Shady, like there's some car boys driving around. There's some other, um, just regular people hanging out in like a parking lot. That's where he meets Carmen. Yeah. They were in like a gas station parking lot, but there was an electronics store right by there. They're smoking by the pumps. (laughs) Yeah. It's not safe. (laughs) Uh, You could see in the electronics store that there was still products in there. Yeah. Because I was thinking like, well, if it was like complete collapse, like there wouldn't be any fucking products in there. Yeah, I thought I could have used a little more exposition on what that world is like, you know? Mm -hmm. And I was a little confused about Jimmy's brother, too. So you think 
he's his brother. That's what I thought. I thought that, that too. you think Frank's his brother. At first, I, so. I did, but on second viewing, it's not clear. It almost seems like he's a lodger, a lodger, or he's taking it to his mum. Although, <laughs> hmm. watching it back the second time, I'm not so sure that's his mom. What? He doesn't call her mom. So maybe, maybe that's Frank's mom, and Jimmy's the lodger. See, the weird thing is, maybe he's adopted. Yeah, I would say if it, if it's his mom, they're adopted because she does not have an Australian accent. Yeah, like she is not from Australia. Maybe it's his stepmom. Man, I could have sworn somewhere in there he referred to his brother's car. I, did I, I just? I think maybe he just, I just think totally made this stuff. I think he always said Frank. Head. I think he yeah. just always called him Frank. Huh. Yeah, I do have a clip here. This is uh, this is after he meets Carmen. He's out for his jog, and the cow, car boys, you know, they wanted his shoes. They wanted to steal his shoes, so they're going to fight him for him. But then they heard about this accident, so oh, yeah. they tore ass across town. So he gets home, and he's having dinner with the his family unit. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you can hear the voices here, and he just listen to the mom. You can tell she's a foreigner because she yeah. doesn't even speak English that well. So yeah, let's figure it out here. Many of whom carried stolen automatic weapons. President Ward is expected to address the American people on television. You yourself a guy. I'm building up. You smell You smell like your papa. Why you not realize? I'm building up. You're never gonna be like Frank. He's big. He's strong. You smoke. I can be big. I'm building up. You run. You lift. You eat, but you smoke. You done already, Frank? 6.40, shift starts at 7. See ya, Mama. So he so, says Mama. Yeah, so it is his mom. And yeah, I mean, sounds, she's talking about his dad, too, so. She sounds kind of Italian. Yeah, that's what I was yeah. thinking, too. And he was really going to town on that spaghetti. Yeah. <laughs> like, I thought he was going to choke on it. Yeah, that was my best guess, but that just leaves, like, you know, you're small like your papa, so she, apparently that's Jimmy's her son with a father that we never meet, yeah. or is probably already passed on because of the apocalypse, but did he meet her overseas and then bring her back, and, because he's supposed to be, like, tw- early 20s in this movie? He looks like he's 45. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the fun <laughs> fact look- is... Looks fucking old. One of the ways he, uh, uh, Ned Manning, is that his name, who plays? I believe so. Yeah, Ned uh, Ned Manning, who plays Jimmy. Uh, apparently, one of the little fun facts I saw is that he told Brian Trenchard Smith that he was 24, when in real life he was 36. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> you watch it the second time, you're like, yeah, that guy is not young, but I don't think he looks super old. I mean, hey. He, he stays fit. That's true. Can't knock that from him. That's true. He's Guy building up. Fit. He's building up. Yeah. So he spends most of the movie banging his young girlfriend in the car. <laughs> He's like 36. <laughs> so Frank's a tow truck driver. Mm-hmm. And he's uh, like the, the king of the road, you know, and Jimmy wants to be a tow truck driver, but he's not big enough to fight off the car boys and the competition because mm-hmm. it's. First competition to pick up these wrecked cars. 
So when he tows away a truck or car, whatever, is he taking possession of that? Because it seemed like he was fighting against the car boys for like possession of it. And then the police were there and he was like, oh, I claim I'm claiming this. Or is he claiming it as a tow truck driver? Like I get to tow this to wherever. Well, there's multiple tow truck companies. And Mm -hmm. those are the people actually like, I guess, legally fighting for the rights to the car. Sure. Because he tells the cops when he gets there, I'm first on the scene. I'm claiming all three vehicles because there's the three car pileup that he first responds to. And there's a guy that arrives like 10 seconds after him. And he comes up to the cops and goes, I'm first on the scene. I'm claiming all three. He's like, bullshit. I was, I was already fucking standing here, you know? Yeah. And so you can assume that those two have to hash it out. Those two companies, those two yeah. tow truck companies. Sure. And then the car boys are just random scavengers yeah. that just come and take whatever they can and then run off. Yeah. And I think so they're basically like, just not sanctioned. But what happens to the cars? Like, are they, are they just saying, oh, I'm, I'm going to get paid for towing these somewhere? Or are they actually like, it seemed to me like they were taking the car. Like, this is my car now. It kind of seems like they're taking ownership or like yeah. selling them for scrap. Yeah. Taking them to the junkyard, maybe. Yeah. Pretty much every car like that is, I'm guessing, just totaled. So they'll yeah. just scavenge whatever they can from it. And uh, he, I think Frank ended up bribing the cops to to, yep. ha- to have him get the, the cars. This is the usual arrangement. Yeah, it sounded like it was... Uh, Give them a 50 or 100. And, yeah. I'll take all three. And then, like, well, uh, how's he going to take all three? With right, he's he can only take like one at a time. Yeah, it was. Uh, I don't think he could take all three because he just had the hook. He didn't have like a flatbed. Yeah, unless he hooks them all together and just like has <laughs> just drags them all the way there. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it was pretty chaotic because the car boys show up and then the news shows up. Mm-hmm. And they're getting right in on like the the victims of the accident are just like hanging out the window, <laughs> yeah. all bloodied up. It reminded me of Nightcrawler. Have you guys seen that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. They're <laughs> just a, sticking the cameras in there. Get that blood on mm-hmm. film. Yeah. yeah, that's what they're doing. They're here to like another roadway fatality. Yeah. And they, Our roads are getting so dangerous. The reporter knew Frank. Frank must be famous because <laughs> like you know, hey doing Frank, all the interviews. Do you know? Tell us about this one. Yeah, I I was trying to wrap my head around like why cars are such a huge thing. Like every, I mean, obviously, uh, cars play a big part in the movie, but in that the beginning part where they're kind of setting up this world that they're living in, there seemed like a lot of focus on cars. You know, you got all these car mm-hmm. boys going for cars. You got they're called all, car boys. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, so you were saying that the. Like, they can't make new cars, so everybody's just kind of scavenging, trying to put together a working machine? That's about what I gather. Um, If they can, I don't think they can consistently make, you know, because there doesn't seem there's many jobs out there, for one. Right. You know, that means everything is inconsistent. They're not going to get a consistent supply of steel and rubber Mm -hmm. and labor and stuff like that. Well, Mm -hmm. then there's people probably don't have money to buy them, so... Mm -hmm. It's possible they, you know, take these parts and sell them and just turn them into scrap. Yeah, I'm guessing, like, if your car breaks down, that's one thing. Like, maybe you can get it fixed. But if you crash it, it seems like, well, that's just total now. Yeah. We're going to strip your car for parts to fix other cars to keep mm-hmm. them running. But, In all honesty, there's it's probably an obsession, uh, an obsession with cars because of Mad Max. Mm-hmm. 
because after Mad Max, everything was the same fucking shit. Mm. Yeah, and the uh, Mad Max 2 stuntman, Guy Norris, uh, did some of the stunts in here. So, yeah, when you got the guy from the Road Warrior to do in your stunts, that's uh, yeah. that's nice. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of weird, though, going from one of the top three action films of all time to Dead End Drive-In. Yeah. So I noticed when the car boy sh- showed up. Well, first of all, uh, what is, he gives Jimmy some kind of gun or something. Yeah, it was a weird looking and, gun. And then uh, that's a weird gun. Probably cobbled together from old car parts. <laughs> Frank is <laughs> Frank is just Probably. beating beating the car boys with a wrench. <laughs> and there's one car boy who's got a a nunchuck, mm-hmm. and he's doing it really effeminately. <laughs> and I couldn't tell if he was supposed to be a gay character or if he was just not left handed, and he was using his left hand for the nunchuck. Yeah, I don't know. I, I couldn't tell if he was just awkward or if he was. Well, I didn't see a lot of women among the car boys, so, you know. Because it was was pretty uh, common in the 80s to have pretty flamboyantly gay characters. And Mm -hmm. I couldn't tell if that was supposed to be one of them or if he was just uncoordinated. No, there's no weird stereotypes in this movie coming up. (laughs) (laughs) No weird misrepresentations of any kind in this movie. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to make assumptions, but... (laughs) So then it cuts to kind of the next day where he explains that Jimmy is a like a delivery driver. Yeah. He's like, I drive a minivan, which a minivan there is like, it's like a mini. Like an actual mini. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I couldn't remember what the uh, sign said or what he was delivering. It was something pie. It was a pizza thing. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I forget. I didn't write it down, but I, it was something uh, pizza related. Yeah, but the car boys are infatuated with his vehicle. They well, try and just, do everything they can to strip that fucker. He just rolls into their territory just to <laughs> fuck around, I guess. I don't know what he was doing. If he I think he's on his way to a delivery. Or if he was just trying to test his driving skills. Because mm. they're like at a abandoned uh, rail station. Yeah, they mentioned something about the tracks. Like, stay away from the tracks or you've been at the tracks too much. I can't remember what he says. Yeah. But yeah, apparently the tracks is the hotbed for the car boys. Mm-hmm. And it was a close call. Mm-hmm. Had some cool stunts in there. Stuntmen just jumping on moving vehicles. Hanging off the window. <laughs> it's a little safer because it's such a tiny vehicle, but yeah. same Still. time. But he was driving on gravel, so mm-hmm. at a pretty good rate of speed. Yeah. He drove through a train car. <laughs> that was pretty cool. That? Yeah, mm-hmm. And then on the way out, he hit some barrels and almost turned it <laughs> yeah. over. Yeah, that makes the uh, stunt person driving it like very noticeable. Yeah. Like, well, that's not Jimmy. <laughs> I don't think it was supposed to happen like that, but he, he pulled it out. So he ended up luckily or lucking into that job. He got to pull with uh, Frank. Mm-hmm. But um, before he got in, because his ruse was, uh, I just want to ride down the, to the takeaway. Yeah. And on the way down is when they get the call. So, but before then, he's like, I think I can take the Chevy out because he has a very nice 56 Chevy. Yep. And uh, he's like, you know, get stuffed. <laughs> Although I think he ends it with, oh, I'll, I'll think about it. Yeah. Because like, he's like, oh, can I take it out later in the week? And I think he says, I'll think about it. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't follow up and ask him again. He just takes it. Yeah. Because I think it was like he had set it up with Carmen to take her out to a mo- or take her somewhere Thursday night. So he apparently steals frank's car he which bought. i'm wondering when frank even drives that car 
Right. Why would you ever drive that anywhere? I don't know how he got it out of the garage because the garage was like on the second floor almost. Mm -hmm. It was elevated and there was a ramp, but the ramp was in front of the tow truck. So either you got to move the ramp over to the other side of the garage because the Chevy was parked next to Mm -hmm. it, or you got to wait till the tow truck's out of there and then maybe Frank was away. It's possible because if he drives straight out, that's nose diving. Straight to the ground. Yeah, so I'm guessing Frank was out and about doing his job. Probably. Yeah. So he picks up Carmen and uh, let's take her to the drive-in. Apparently that's a dangerous place they keep on hearing about. The drive-in. The dangerous drive-in. And it's three kilometers down on Security Road 4. Yeah. Did they say it was dangerous before they go there? Well, as they're, I think as they're driving in, she mentions that I think that, you know, these are supposed to be so dangerous. Mm. Was, and he kind of makes the comment, you're always safe when you're with me. <laughs> you know? Okay. Probably not, because you're an old dude and she's pretty young. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, they kind of mention once or twice the stories that they hear. You mm. know, the, oh, those are just stories that people talk about with the drive-in. Mm. So, apparently, it's talked about a lot, but not a lot of people go. Probably because when you go there... You're there now, (laughs) (laughs) as the caretaker would say. You're here now. So, (laughs) although when they come in, the sign says "adults ten dollars, unemployed three fifty, and they say, and the Tomo or Thompson, whatever his name is, says uh, two adults. Nope, two unemployed. (laughs) And he like he's like, are you sure? Are you sure you want to do unemployed? So. To me, that sounds like if you're unemployed, if you take that uh, ticket, you're there. Mm-hmm. That's but if yeah, you're an adult, they let you leave. Yeah. yeah, that's what I took it as too. Like after he found out that they're unemployed, he calls the cops. Yeah. Cops steal their tires. They're fucked. They're there. If they're adults, yeah. they probably just let them leave. Yeah. But then you're also banking on the fact that, well, I mean, later on we find out that you know none of the people there really give a shit about leaving. Mm-hmm. But like while you're there watching the movie, if you're just adults, like somebody might try and hop in your car to escape or just steal your car and escape. But even that first night, like you didn't know that there, it was not obvious that people were stuck there. Yeah. The it watching it the much... second time, there was one or two cars that are parked the opposite way. So yeah. they aren't watching the movie. <laughs> I mean, it does make it seem like most of people are just having sex anyways, yeah. but... It becomes much more obvious the next day, like, mm-hmm. after they their first night there. Yeah. Well, and that first night, didn't it look a lot more packed than it did the next day? So they must have let yeah. people leave, right? Mm-hmm. Which is strange, because, like, the rest of the movie, people don't leave. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm assuming... Because um, on the radio, I think it was right before... Jimmy yeah. like, ran into the car boys with his delivery car. You can overhear on the radio some official talking about the state of things, basically, what the government's been talking about, and that they hired 2,000 additional police recruits, and that there's some optimism that's, you know, some orders being restored, yada, yada, yada. And then almost in passing, um, they mentioned, like, it was either, like, the secretary or the minister 
referenced uh, something about there's less and less unemployed currently. Mm-hmm. But the unemployment numbers are improving greatly. So I assume that's more evidence that points to, yeah, if you're unemployed, they stick you in these fucking camps. Yeah. <laughs> so they basically don't have to count you as unemployed. Mm-hmm. So there's less unemployed people out in the general populace. Right. And then, like, once they're there, like... They're there. The people who are actually... <laughs> The people who are actually unemployed, they don't give a shit. They're fine. They, they're okay with being there. But Jimmy's got a job, and he's like, what the fuck? Why don't you guys want to leave? Yeah. Because everyone else is getting money when they weren't getting money before. He can't figure it out. And yeah. it's because he's a liar. I <laughs> <laughs> wonder what they would have done if he said one adult and one unemployed. That's would they have question. taken one tire? Well, he said he was lucky. He's like, took two of my tires. And he goes, only two? You're lucky. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, as he's having sex with his uh, new girlfriend, uh, two cops steal tires off of his car. Um, car falls off because I think they had it set up on a... Jacked it up. Or, yeah, yeah, jacked it up. And then it kind of moved off of mm. the square jack and kind of fell down. So yeah, Jimmy runs and finds that the cops stole the tires and course reports it to the landlord or the caretaker he says come back in the morning <laughs> apparently he likes <laughs> dealing with everything in the morning <laughs> do you want a blanket issue what <laughs> and then the girlfriend's uh, carmen's like no we got blankets <laughs> she's even when jimmy comes back he says do you know who took our our wheels and she's like no i'm watching the movie <laughs> was it carboys so I have He's a, too good for her. <laughs> <laughs> oh, were you looking at her assets? Her big eyeballs? <laughs> big eyeballs. It's the one guy goes, she, uh, you're the one, uh, she's the one with the big eyeballs, <laughs> hey? Yeah. No, she was kind of a pain in the ass for the whole movie. Like, yeah. you know, Jimmy's freaking out, trying to figure out how to get out of there. And the whole time she's like, just chill, man. Right. <laughs> like, even from that first night, she's not too worried about anything. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, oh! This really cool car is missing a couple tires. Like she takes to it real quick. Simple one with simple pleasures, <laughs> you know. All right, I have a clip here. This is the next morning when uh, they both go and talk to Thompson. Forgot what the hell is going on in this place. Well, you're you're here now, so <laughs> you're here. <laughs> have a comfortable night. It was okay, I suppose. Good, good. My name's Thompson, by the way. Right. Make a vehicle? I know who took them. Me wheels? Make a vehicle? 56 Chevy. Uh, your name, son? Rossini. James Antonio. Uh, your name, my little petal? Little petal? What do you need uh-huh. her name for? Name, dear? Nicholson. Carmen Marie. Would you like me to notify your mum and dad? No. No, thanks. Uh, is this vehicle yours? No, not exactly. You want me to notify the owner then, right, no? Right. No, 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 forget it. It's okay. Uh-huh. Your decision. Now, these are your meal tickets. You spend them at the Easy Eat-In Diner over there. Each be allocated 30 bucks a week, and if that runs out, well, that's your problem. 
Can you get banana fritters at the restaurant? You sure you don't want a blanket, is you? Wait a second. What the fuck's going on? What do you want meal tickets for or blankets? We're leaving. Today. Right now. Oh, yeah? How? How? We'll get a bus. Well, there aren't any buses. We could hitch a lift on the S-Road. Bugger that. I'll call a cab. Where's the phone? I'm not getting through to you, am I, son? No cabs, no buses, no transport. There's just the S-Road. You can't walk on an S-Road, can you? It's illegal. Three months mandatory detention. No excuses. You know that. So, you're here. Until the government decides what to do with you. If I can't get out, how can I get new wheels? <sighs> Look, I don't like it any more than you do, son. I've got 193 other people in here, just like you. Until the bloody government sends some transport, I'm stuck with them. Well, we're all stuck, got it? I hope you'll be comfortable. I try to do my best for everyone. Look, I... Oh, forget it. Come on, let's go. Yeah, that was like... That's the most he ever explains of their situation. Right. Right there, when he's like, you're here until the government decides what to do with you. But the night before and after, he's just like, well, you're here. You're, you're here now. So... <laughs> So you're here. <laughs> it's like you never explain shit. Oh, it's just always like, well, you're here. So, so go to bed. <laughs> I like how uh, he like gives them the, you know, you can use your meal tickets. You get thirty dollars a week, and then Carmen goes, "Can you get banana fritters at the time?" <laughs> yeah, she's already settling in. <laughs> It's oh. such a weird thing to ask for. Who the fuck has banana fritters? What is a banana fritter? She, like, I've heard of apple fritters. Yeah. And then when they went to order, like, that's all she wanted was banana shit, and they didn't have banana stuff. Yeah. So she orders, like, a malt and a shake and a Coke. Well, they <laughs> yeah. have these fabulous egg burgers there, apparently. <laughs> and uh, she doesn't want one of those, but, you know, Jimmy's like, I'll have an egg burger and orange juice. She's like, no, we don't have orange juice. <laughs> right. We have lemonade. Uh, Fanta, or God, what was the third one? And they have Coke. Coke, Coke was because uh, I'm assuming they also have some beer or liquor somewhere. Yeah, I don't know. Well, that gets brought in by the cops, right? Don't they yeah. bring in all the drugs and stuff? Mm. Well, Thompson, give, it to, give it to Thompson. Thompson yeah. had his supply of uh, Fosters. Mm-hmm. You know, going back to that clip though, when he goes, uh, "I don't like it any more than you do," I just think it cool hand Luke. Uh, what? Which part of the cool and loop? What we have here is failure to communicate. Some men you cannot reach. That's why we get what we had. Here, this uh, what? <laughs> <laughs> that's that's how you get what we had here last week. I don't like it any more than you do. Okay. Yeah. It's at the beginning of uh, Civil War by Guns N' Roses too. <laughs> it's pretty sweet. Pretty sweet line. <laughs> Um, so I'm pretty sure they just stole it from that that movie. Yeah. You've but, seen that, right? Cool Hand Luke? I have not. What? Mm. It's incredible. It's very, very good. Paul Newman is the fucking man. He eats a lot of eggs. <laughs> yeah, he does. I'll add it to my growing list. That's like the point of the movie. It's just... <laughs> <laughs> it's not. It's just one scene. Yeah, getting back to Dead End Drive-In... Um, so, yeah, they got a nice little system worked out where the cops supply this guy, Whitford, with drugs, mainly weed, but other drugs. Yep. 
and allowances. Like the government has it set up with, so everyone gets thirty bucks a week, and you have meal tickets. So I'm guessing the the money is just to buy drugs or whatever else you want. Oh yeah, because it seems like, well, like certain meals, like if you wanted an egg burger, it's you know it's four meal tickets. Because there's like eight tickets for the two of them for yeah. breakfast. Which is weird. It's like, why don't you just have one ticket for, you know, just give one them less meal. tickets. Well, there are different <laughs> color tickets too, right? Yeah, I'm not sure if they're worth anything. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe maybe for different meals. I don't know. But people can trade them too because when they're walking through just the drive-in lot, there was that one area where it was like, uh, his last name was Cannibal. Like it was like David. Was it David Cannibal? Like the main guy. With yeah, the, it was the at the his place. That was had like he had like a little flea market going on. Because yeah, he had right. prices set up on chalkboard. It said twenty six inch TV, nineteen tickets. Okay. He was selling stuff for tickets. I paused it. I couldn't read everything, but one of them was like a twenty some inch TV hmm. with antenna, nineteen tickets. <laughs> so people are obviously trading some of their food tickets around for, I guess, other goods. But one thing I liked was. Uh... Everybody keeps asking if Carmen and uh, Jimmy are married, and they're just totally offended that people would think that. More so Jimmy than her. <laughs> Is that your missus? Ah, no, that's my girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he is put off by the fact. <laughs> he doesn't want a woman with, a woman with uh, simple pleasures. Carmen makes fast friends in the shower they do her hair they put a bunch of springs in it <laughs> yeah <Very laughs> and then, fashionable then she gets mad at jimmy for not you know noticing yeah <laughs> i wouldn't say she's marriage material i think jimmy knows that that's why he's all <laughs> so offended you think i would marry her <laughs> <laughs> um then he's kind of stuck with her what know? do you think whitford is doing at night he just has his own little private bunk somewhere and just sleeps there and because it doesn't seem like he leaves he's it seems like he stays there every night yeah so he's apparently complacent enough who dave oh thompson oh the what do you call him whitford did i say whitford yeah i think his last name is Whitford. i think that his name's peter actor, whitford that's yeah. the actor's name yeah i don't know any of these actors to be honest no i saw a couple of them were in certain things like that whitford was in moulin rouge you know, which is like an Australian kind of production. Hmm. So these are all kind of Australian actors that kind of stuck around Australia for most things. Um, one of them, I think it was the guy who played Haza. I think he was in uh, Mad Max. Okay. Because I know on the opening credits they said whatever his name is, Haza. Like they sp- specifically singled him out. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing that's why. Or, you know, and whatever as Haza or with Mm-hmm. Whoever has Haza. Yeah, it seems like uh, Thompson is just, I don't know, he must have a bunk somewhere. that You never see his private quarters. Right. You see his computer, which mm. later, I mean, you see uh, when Jimmy looks at it himself, sees that there's nine star drive-ins. So apparently there's nine of these camps around, although I think they, the computer showed that two of them were closed or closing or consolidating. That's where they get that busload of people from. Yeah. Seems like they're combining some of the camps to, I guess they're they're downsizing. I guess. <laughs> so let's uh, let's meet David and his coronies. I got a couple clips here from when they first meet. I just wanted to do part of it, and then in the bathroom, David tries to 
give Jimmy some drugs. But the first is when they just meet out in the uh, kind of the lot. G'day. How you going? Depends on how you're going. I'm good. Oh, that's good. Are you a dickhead or what? <laughs> what do you think? Oh, I think you're trying to lick Thompson's... Think what you like. I couldn't give a shit. Hey, don't talk like that. I'll have to catch you open. <laughs> Tell us the story. What story? Yours. Nothing much. Lost two wheels off my car. Which car? 56 Chevy. Yeah, I seen it. Row F. Wanna know who took me wheels? <laughs> Jeez, mate, we know. That's why we're all here. That's your missus, the one with the big uh, eyeballs? <laughs> Girlfriend. Oh. You wanna watch Thompson, mate? He's on their side. They've been there so long. It, I mean, it is a community, a camp, but yeah. they're also used to it. Like the one guy's like, "Oh, I've seen it, Row F." <laughs> it's almost like, "Oh, he's on Third Street." You right. know, mm-hmm. everyone's so so commonplace. But um, yeah, once again, pissed at my girlfriend, <laughs> 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 which is like, hey, who fuck gives a fuck? I mean, obviously culturally, it's a little different. Like maybe Mrs. is, is exclusively wife there but right mm-hmm. you around here you hear people say oh your how's your missus doing you know mm-hmm. they just kind of mean your significant other yeah. yeah i like that australian greeting too how you going yeah how you going <laughs> get stuffed all right here's them in the uh the shower room so it's a little echoey Since you're interested, I was four years out of work. They stopped my doll. I had nowhere to go. One meal a day if I was lucky. And one night a bunch of us stole a couple of cars and come here. And you reckon that was done? Listen, what makes you so fucking special anyhow? Stupid clown. (laughs) Yeah, he's uh, kind of, how do you want to put it? Um, Demeaning them for, you know, gambling, playing two-up. Mm-hmm. You guys know what two-up is? Nope. So we talked about two-up in our Awake and Fright episode. It's kind of an Aussie thing. It's a game where there's a spinner, right? A person has, it's a little, think of like a tongue depressor. It's a little piece of wood. And you put two pennies on there, right? And they fling it up in the air. And people bet on whether it, the two coins fall heads or tails. Okay. And they have to both fall heads or tails. 
Um, so if one's heads, one's tails, you, you, you go again mm-hmm. and there's no winners or losers. Um, and the person spinning or, you know, flipping, they bet on it too, but they have to bet on heads. Like, I guess it's just, it's just a thing where they don't ever bet on tails or they're not allowed to bet on tails, but everyone else, it's, it's, it's like a side betting game. It's kind of like craps. Sure. Or if you're on the craps table, you know, it's basically one person rolling everyone else is betting either against him or, you know, with him, that type of thing. So you can't bet for like heads and tails? Nope. So why are there two coins? That's just how they roll, man. That's why it's called two up. Yeah. <laughs> okay. But yeah, it is like, it may sound weird or boring, but it is one of the most riveting things you'll ever see. Jones and I talk about it in uh, with the Wake and Fright episode. Hmm. Fucking loved it. <laughs> Did you try playing it? Well, you need like Put a bunch of people and a whole lot of beer and a yeah. bunch of money. and. But the way they film it in Wake and Fright, you should check out Wake and Fright. Wake and Fright's fucking awesome. But yeah. Something like a game that's so simple is riveting somehow. Okay. Partly because of the way they film it, but also it's just like, yeah, I want to go play some fucking two up. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, I wish they would have showed some two up in here. Can't get me enough two up. So yeah, Jimmy's not in the drugs. He's staying fit. Running around with bricks in his hand. Yeah. (laughs) He building a house. (laughs) Been working out. That just goes to show that everybody else has been out of work for so long. And they said his dole ran out, so he's not getting paid. So, I mean, it's better than what he had on the outside. So nobody is trying to get out. Yeah. I can't imagine he's the only one that lied about being unemployed to get into the place, right? Well, kind of get what you get. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, yeah, I'm sure... More people would be apt to do that to get the discount, but seems like in this world most people don't have jobs anyways. Yeah. So nobody's really lying. And the 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 quote unquote the respectable crowd, the people that have jobs and things like that, seems yeah. like they're scared off of the drive in because of all the mm-hmm. stories that they've heard. I guess. You know, I was wondering about that too. If cars are so rare and like it's such a big deal to have a working car. Who are these people that are paying for deliveries? Like, wouldn't food delivery be super expensive in this post-apocalyptic world? Probably. That's why people go hungry. Yeah. <laughs> I guess. Maybe it's just delivering to the to the bourgeois crowd. I guess Maybe. so, yeah. Do you want to tell the story about how Krabs got his nickname? Do <laughs> you want to tell that story? Sure. He <laughs> thought he had crabs, and then he didn't. But they called him Crabs. <laughs> Named to stuck, I guess. It's a pretty solid story. <laughs> thought I had him once. Didn't, but stuck. <laughs> so many ups. And, it's a roller coaster of emotion is what it is. Because, like, Thompson brings him into the projector room, and then they're drinking some Fosters. And uh, he says, what are, what's, what's your name again? He says, Jimmy, but they call me Crabs. And Thompson's just like, gives him that look. (laughs) (laughs) I thought you were cool, man. So, yeah, that was David, uh, who we met in the bathroom. David and the 80s new wave Hitler youth that's with him. (laughs) He's kind of the the head guy. Where have I seen that haircut before? 
with like oh it reminds me of mugatu i think okay i think yep. that's it mm, zoolander yeah um yeah one of a, the kids in david's gang is wearing a swastika necklace i think it is or something it was a part of his clothes hmm. something was hanging around you guys saw the swastika didn't you i, don't, I didn't notice that it's pretty notice prevalent that either yeah he had a swastika on him that would make sense though yeah mm-hmm. that's why i called him the 80s new wave hitler youth <laughs> um, was that the tall dude or was it one of the other ones uh no it wasn't the tall dude it was one of the other ones he's i think he's the guy wearing the hat most of the time okay not the guy that stutters no why do they always have to have a stutterer because <laughs> um, yeah we're about to talk about this movie and the third act takes a weird racial turn yeah just out of nowhere yeah although the more you think about the swastika and things like that it starts to make a little more sense yeah. although i don't know if if they're really being specific about asians for a reason then that part makes it a little fuzzy but if they're just like they just picked a race to kind of um marginalize that would kind of make sense with kind of what they're getting at with the commentary on the culture and whatnot can we talk about the the cricket fight first <laughs> before we get into that that was a pretty good fight um first of all jimmy fights like a bitch <laughs> <laughs> like the they both have a cricket bat it's him and haza mm-hmm. and jimmy fucking runs away Haza, which car and he, and he hides in a car mm-hmm and then Haas is just beating up the car with the bat. And then, uh, what, they, they Jimmy's bat gets broken. And then he hides under a different car. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, then, like, the engine block. Yeah, he was, like, underneath the car. Mm-hmm. And uh, at one point, he does the testicular claw. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then, after hiding under the second car... Haza's got his back turned, and Jimmy hits him in the back of the head with a brick. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty sweet. <laughs> like, Although he wasn't the, it wasn't like he was the only one to use a weapon because the guy is going after him with a bat and chains the whole time. Well, Jimmy started with a bat. Yeah, he got broken right away, and he ran away like yeah. a little bitch. And then he, <laughs> then he, he's a backfighter. Well, he's 36 years old. He's going to beat up all these young kids. <laughs> and you're you're saying it's you're going to stand there weaponless while somebody's coming at you with a cricket bat or well, chains? He didn't put up much of a fight when he had the bat in his hands. Let's be honest. <laughs> he must but, have gotten a weak bat because that thing just snapped. Yeah. That's probably why they gave it to him. Though. This, one, this fucker's about to go. Yeah. I don't know. That. The Pearl Harbor job might explain why he had empathy for the Asians that came. Haza <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> did not see it. <laughs> Although you'd think that would have taken him out, but uh, he just needed like uh, a couple bandages, and he was back at it, hanging, yeah. hanging out in the toilets. Yeah, because I think. Uh... The, the things I like about this movie the most are kind of like it's the color palette is pretty cool. I'm always big with 80s movies and whatnot. Um, music's pretty good. You know, I didn't really know any of the songs or the groups really, but it's pretty good music. At least it fit with it pretty well. And I just like the idea of like for me, I could totally see myself being complacent as one of those people. Like, <laughs> right. okay, I get to watch movies all day for free yeah. and they give me money and food and drugs and like I can just hang out here. And you don't have to work. <laughs> Fuck yeah. 
Jimmy, what the hell are you doing? Right? Quit trying to ruin this shit for me. For a week, maybe. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'd probably want to jump my car into a neon sign after a couple of weeks, but yeah, it'd be a fun couple of weeks. Did you guys notice there was just smoke everywhere for no apparent reason? Like, I mean, it was always coming from like behind something. Like there are just these fires scattered all over the place. Yeah, there were yeah. some people that were just relaxing, like sunbathing, and they would have a fire around, mm. like in front of them. I'm like, aren't you guys hot as fuck? <laughs> yeah. like, why are you? Because it seemed like there was just an endless supply of, I guess, flammable items. You'd think they'd yeah. run out of shit to burn, <laughs> right? <laughs> but like it seemed like even when he was running around at night, there was just like random fires, yeah. like by the mm-hmm. wall, and you're like, who's starting this shit? Yeah, well, not to get ahead but that chase scene at the end he runs through like 10 different fires why are there all these random fires all over the place at night i could see it you know for warmth but i guess you know they don't have enough blanket issues (laughs) 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 to get some fires going because jimmy and carmen they had that nice fuzzy uh like leopard print blanket from the get-go unless they lost it that's why they didn't need their own blanket issue yep Well, and like throughout the movie, Jimmy's tinkering with the engine, and then he finally runs out of gas. Yeah, because he's like, he thinks he has to run it every day to keep it regular. <laughs> yeah, I don't like, know. I can understand, like, you know, you don't want to just let it sit forever, yeah. but not every day do you have to do and it. And he's like, like, I got to balance the engine. I'm like, what? what's it doing? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I thought you had a good classic car. I didn't know you had to fucking tinker with it constantly. <laughs> Jesus. But then, like, every time he, like, gets closer to, like, getting his car back, like, he steals some wheels, and then his engine's gone, and then, mm-hmm. he, you know. Yeah, he's able to get wheels from a, a new batch of cars that comes in. Yep. That's where this, this race issue comes into play. A truckload of just strictly Asian people yep. comes in to the park, mm-hmm. or the, the drive-in. Because like, you see later that it seems like they're reallocating resources from different, yeah. you know, they're closing up a couple of the drive-ins, sending them, spreading them around to the remaining drive-ins. So apparently they just get a busload of Asians, which it's like, it, are they assuming that in this um, near future world that there's just a whole area of Australia that's just full of Asians, <laughs> like just it's like Asian yeah, land. Where did they come from? Asian province of Australia. Yeah. Why I googled why do Australians hate Asians? Because <laughs> <laughs> we're it, we're all confused. And it sounds like uh, one of the things I saw was uh, somebody had written up that uh, he compared Asians in Australia to like Mexicans in America, like they're mm-hmm. seen as so they have a different language, different religion, and they work cheap and. Uh, basically take jobs from australians that type of thing okay is is kind of what it is so it sounds like it's a pretty um long-standing issue in australia where the asian population is discriminated against or but i never got that from like any other movies that i mean not like post-apocalyptic movies like mad max and stuff but just Stuff that takes place in Australia, you know, maybe that's because they're American productions, but just other Aussie movies, I've never really even seen Asian people like yeah. in an in an Australian setting before. That might be part of it that you don't, they don't even put them in the movie. Yeah, how how often do you see it. Mexican people in American films? All the time. Really? 
American yeah. films are super diverse. Well, these days, but in the 80s. That's what I'm talking about. Well, uh, yeah, I guess you're talking about <laughs> modern Australian movies. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. Like, I knew, uh, like, there's an issue of uh, racism against, like, Aboriginal people in Australia. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, apparently the Asian people had the same issues. Yeah, and I wouldn't say that, you know, Hispanics are always represented fairly in American films. I'm just saying they're yeah. usually in there somewhere. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, yeah, because I had uh, reached out to um, some friends of the podcast, uh, a couple of guys that do a, a podcast called The IMDb Journey, a couple of Australian guys, and I had messaged them on Twitter asking them, like, is this... What's with this weird, you know, racist turn this movie takes in the third act? Is this like a Australian thing? Is this like an '80s thing? Was it? Was there something culturally, you know, relevant at the time to like Australia and Asians and like what's the deal with all this? And they didn't have an answer because they hadn't <laughs> seen the movie, and then they couldn't really speak to, you know, um, views on Asians from like an '80s perspective. Mm-hmm. So they couldn't help us out there, but. Yeah, um, I wonder how accurate what you were reading online is. Yeah, Wikipedia has a page called "Racism in Australia." (laughs) So, I'm sure there's a page for racism in like every country. There's quite a big, big, uh, long section about like Asian uh, immigrants. Um, Does it seem like that was kind of the main focus of the racism in Australia? Oh, there's uh, there's quite a varied. The uh, Aboriginal uh, one is yeah. Oh yeah, one I've known about. Yeah, you know, but. but. But, uh, yeah, that seemed like two of the bigger ones. Like mm-hmm. There were some other more minor ones that uh, weren't as prevalent, but those seemed like the most prevalent um, racism issues Australia has had. Mm-hmm. I thought it was funny, the Asians in the movie, I mean, this is the early, well, mid-'80s. I was expecting to see more of, like, a stereotypical image for them, you know? Mm-hmm. But it's kind of funny. I mean, they just they looked a lot more normal than all the people living in. Excuse the drive-in. me, what did you say? They look a lot more normal. Yes, because they weren't covered in uh, face paint and didn't have springs in their hair and or the hats. That. Yeah. <laughs> they didn't look like they you know got off. They're like rice farmers, you know. Yeah. yeah. Although the one yeah. does, does mention like rice rice gobblers. You know, they get off the bus but, and they're just standing there looking around like Yeah, it was just normal. Know. Yeah. Like, like they get off the bus and then all the people that are already in the camp just run up and just chart start chanting Asians out right to their <laughs> face. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's it's, like, right it's like a big like crescendo. Mm-hmm. Like Asians out, Asians out. And then they keep showing this little boy who's like tw- twelve years old and he's just looking so sad. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, because they show. Uh, I have a clip here in the bathroom when they're all talking, and an Indian man comes in, and I was like, "Oh, that's different," yeah. because none of the others, because he, you, you know, he looks like a Sikh. He's wearing yeah, a he's got turban, the like turban he looks on, like a yeah. Sikh, and like none of the other Asians that come in are. They don't look to be Sikhs. They don't yeah. have turbans. They look like you know Chinese or Japanese or. Vietnamese, Vietnamese or type something like that. Yeah, but yeah, so it looks like they do have a diverse group of Asians, somewhat. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that was like I could see the, like the Sikh, like a turban is a 
that's kind of like a stereotypical thing to put. Like if you were just going to put Indians in your movie or something like that, right. like let's just get a bunch of people with turbans. But that but was only one. It seemed like he was, you know, pretty accurately dressed if if that was what they're going for as a Sikh. Like it seemed like a pretty accurate depiction yeah. of a Indian mm. person. If any Sikhs are listening right now, tweet at us. Tell us if that's an offensive depiction of a Sikh person. So to provide a little more context of this racial issue here in this movie, the director, you know, Brian Trenchard Smith, uh, spoke of the movie. He said, uh, the drive-in is, of course, an allegory for the junk values of the 80s, which our hero sees as a prison. The last 20 minutes of the film, the escape is the desperate blazing climax, but the whole film has a feeling of high style, of heightened or enhanced reality, a little bit over the top, but retaining a reality that the public will accept. So it seems like he's making a little commentary on the culture of the 80s and whatnot. So, mm-hmm. Especially with the... Uh, the escalation of the, the everyone's like hatred for the Asians, how yeah. it ratchets up to ten, like like that, really quick. <laughs> like any problems in the swastika, had, I yeah. think it all kind of blends in together. Any problems they had with each other, just done. It's like now we're all on the same team. Mm-hmm. So let's go to here. This is the first clip about the Asians. Is that Carmen sitting by herself in the diner, and Jimmy comes in, ask her why she's so depressed <laughs> where you been I don't like being out there with them around who's them 50 million Asians out there <laughs> why be scared of them they could rape me or anything nah yes they could huh. if you're a man you do something about it listen they're not the enemy. They're prisoners, just like us. Yeah, well, something ought to be done. Yeah? Like what? Well, I don't know. They should limit how many can come here. <laughs> You've really been conned, haven't you? Limit the numbers and everything will be great. Jesus, have a look around. This is a slum. Even with only a few people, it'll still be a slum. Well, it doesn't have to be. What? You reckon we all sit around playing happy families, do you? Everything in its place? Men down the gents drinking beer. Girls and the ladies getting their hair done. People can't have a life in here. All they can have is a heap of shit movies and a gut full of poisonous hamburger. You know, <laughs> I have a friend who had a girlfriend like that one time. Where she would, like, they'd just be out one day and she'd be like, Oh, that guy's a dick. He said something mean to me. If you're a man, you go kick his ass. <laughs> So she was a real piece of work, huh? You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. Something needs to be done. I'm like, <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? That's why it's nice that they provide the audience with a voice of reason through Jimmy. Right, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so you can tell that, yeah, it gets weirdly racist in the third act, but it's not. that's not the message that the movie's trying to pr- right. promote. It's trying to promote the opposite, since the protagonist is mm. like, there's nothing wrong with these people. They're fucking prisoners like us. Like, I don't know what the hell is your problem, you know, but. Well, they could rape me or anything. Yeah, it's like what? Or, or anything. What does that mean? There's 50 million of them out there. 
It's like there's there's fucking twenty three that came on that bus right there. <laughs> Wasn't that many? Yeah. And like they're all they're worried of these over exaggerated, but yeah, and like the most of them you see are very frail looking people. They're not yeah. Yeah, it's like, they're malnourished, they're shorter. Yeah. You think these Asians are going to rape you? Have you seen the rest of the people around here? (laughs) Well, they're all ages, too. It looks like they had all, like, multi-generational families. So there's, like, elders, and then there's, like, children, and then there's parents. But, yeah, they all look like they've had a pretty rough time. Yeah. That that, uh, Sikh in the bathroom has just seen, like, a frail old man. Yeah. Like, he's not, he can rape a wet paper sack. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So, um, let's get to follow-up conversation. There's going to be a meeting. <laughs> Apparently, the, the Hitler youth are getting together. They're getting organized. Want to have a word with you? You're not being very smart, Ramsey. Or a very nice dear woman, Ramsey. What's it got to do with you, shithead? Well, I'll tell you. Us whites have got to stick together. Whether we like each other or not. Otherwise, we're stuffed, aren't we? <laughs> it is a funny cow. You look around, there's fucking slaves everywhere. See what I mean? <laughs> uh, are you going to piss there, pal? Isn't there any reason why I should not? Don't ask me. I'm only a dumb old white boy. Who wants to leak? Why don't you leave him alone? Who's asking you? I already done you once. Yeah, or I'll come and leave it. Scat. Look, all we're trying to say is stop acting like a turd. You're a member of the white community, you've got responsibilities. Now, there's a meeting of the White Australia Committee tonight, the Easy Eaton, after the midnight movie. Now, you be there, eh? At all? Mind Führer? No need to get smart, pal. No, I think he's got the idea, haven't you, Krabsy? Stop acting like a turd. (laughs) (laughs) It's funny because, um, you know, the... Since they have the Aussie accents, you know, a couple of the words once in a while, you're like, I think they're saying this, but I'm not sure. So when they're talking about the Asians, there's a couple of times where I believe they say slopes, you know, derogatory term for Asians. And I was like, yeah, I I think they're just saying slopes. But there was times where I was using the subtitles to see just what other things they were saying and if I was missing stuff. And it seemed like the subtitle people couldn't figure it out what they were saying. (laughs) So the one time they say slopes at least twice. And the first time the subtitle said sloth or slaves. And the second time said sloths. <laughs> I'm like, those are not what they're calling them. I've never it, heard slopes before. You never heard of slopes? You just watch some more Vietnam movies. Yeah, you've not seen any <laughs> Vietnam okay. movies. Guess not. They, they do say, they say what, zipper head later yeah. in the yeah. film. That's another Where do they get this one. stuff? I don't know. I've I never heard zipper got head, but what the heck does that mean? Neither, I, I, I never got it I either. I don't remember. I wasn't, I wasn't a nom, dude. <laughs> Couldn't figure it out. I think I've heard the explanation before, but I don't remember what it was. Slopes I don't really get either. Uh, I don't know. 
Rice gobblers, I guess. <laughs> At least I, I, I may not agree with it, but I so, guess I get that. It's, a, it's what they call staple food in their diet. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, another thing from there it reminded me. Everybody knows that Jimmy's not having sex with Carmen. <laughs> yeah, they write on and his they, car. And they won't stop bugging him about it. Yeah, because they start like insinuating that they're going to start banging Carmen. Well, like they're insinuating that he can't yeah. get it up. And... Jimmy can't make it. He's not treating his woman right. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, they spray paint his car. Jimmy, or, yeah, Jimmy can't make it. Yeah. Oh man, ode to the times where having sex was making it. <laughs> and then I just have a little follow-up clip. This is uh, at the meeting. And 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 think about this for a second, all right, all right. Ah, uh, just a second. What about our women? Yeah. How long before one of these zipper heads decides to rape one of our women? Yeah, well, it could happen tomorrow. Don't kid yourselves, all right? Are uh, you thinking about it? Oh, boy, Godzilla, I am. Isn't it kind of scary that that's still a compelling argument for some people? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're going to rape our women. <laughs> I thought the, the movie did a good job um, with its commentary in that that mob mentality that it shows mm-hmm. that it can both be, you know, it seems like it's a mob mentality of complacency of just accepting all their surroundings and also mob mentality of being afraid of anything outside of them, of those surroundings that comes in, you know, everything is an evading force. You know, even when Jimmy comes in, you know, everyone treats him like shit until he kind of assimilates you more know- or less, or they, I guess, get more used to him. Mm-hmm. You know what I noticed at the meeting when they would show <laughs> a shot from uh, the stage looking at the audience on the front left, there was a black man at the white Australians. <laughs> yeah, I noticed that too. <laughs> like, I guess, uh, if, I guess you're invited. I don't He's know. Not Asian. So. <laughs> He's in the club. Like, you know, I don't know if you're supposed to be there or not, but, but you're there. And, because another thing, I don't remember seeing another black person throughout the whole rest of the movie, except for that scene. Like I they think, don't, nope, there aren't any speaking parts. No, I want to say there was one scene when they first go into the diner and there's two people break dancing. And, <laughs> and one this of has them, to be the break dancers. I think one of them was black and one was white. <laughs> okay, but uh, maybe it was the same guy. I think that dude might have worked at the diner though. Okay. Because I feel like I had seen him in the background. The Easy Eaten Diner? Yeah. I think, <laughs> I think he was in the background in a few scenes in the diner. But yeah, it just seemed to... It didn't fit with... Uh, you had all these racist white Australians and their, you know, anti-Asian stuff. And then they're, they just have the black guy there. Mm-hmm. But, but yeah, that would make sense to... Uh, we could apply that to Hispanics for you know americans and whatnot Mm -hmm. in the same kind of dynamic although hispanics largely have the same religion as americans right mainly all christian but same time everything else is kind of true yeah Uh, but let's get to the climax here so jimmy's kind of found everything about the computer he finds out that uh 
fuck what's his name thompson thompson's been taking drugs and other things from the cops and you know selling them making everyone kind of more complacent and so jimmy has a plan to get out and uh he ends up stealing uh one of the tow trucks that was hauling in some of the extra vehicles and he's discovered when he tries to leave um thompson sees him and alerts the cops and there's a big chase throughout the whole drive-in lot do we miss the part where he stole the gas from the cop car yeah, but yeah, we, kinda it, skipped we skipped over, over it because nothing comes of it because he gets back to his car, the engine's gone. There's a little foreshadowing there because he pries the the uh, little door out before above what, yeah. the gas tank. tank. Yeah, yeah, that covers the gas cap. He pries it open, and then later when he's getting chased by the cops, he just pops open and starts spilling gas everywhere. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, they're <laughs> they're hitting those curves hard, you know. And then they flip over and it just explodes and takes out a quarter of the lot. Yeah. <laughs> it's a pretty big explosion. Um, but there yeah. were a couple parts during that scene where I'm like, what is exploding right now? Like, <laughs> I don't understand what could possibly be there that would explode like that. There was a lot of cool hot coals and embers shooting everywhere. Yeah. Like sparks everywhere, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I would say that the only thing I wanted more of from this film is probably action I mean, mm-hmm. there's some in the beginning and definitely has a good action scene yeah there's some a little bit of fighting in the middle but isn't all that much which is fine but i said that's be my only complaint wanted a little more especially with you know you got guy norris here but i must say that the you know last stunt is quite impressive yeah but um yeah there is a shootout the cops are shooting at him all throughout the lot people are yeah. scrambling <laughs> for their lives to try and get all the you know hail of gunfire that's being rained upon this lot they just start shooting like at the diner too <laughs> yeah like indiscriminately like they're not worried at all about hitting anyone yeah and thompson doesn't even really want to, to get killed you know he says you don't have to kill him right but you know they're already way past that because now there's cops that have died in that in the first explosion and and he ends up shooting one in the uh when he tries to, yeah, he tries he, to take Thompson hostage in mm-hmm. the uh, in the uh, the office or whatever, and Thompson rats about immediately. Yep, and then he tries to steal his gun, shoots the cop. Cop shoots Thompson, and then yeah, as Jim, he's falling, he accidentally shoots Thompson. Jimmy's just there, and he's got a shotgun now. Yeah, so then he steals the cop's jeep, and then yeah. reverses it, basically the length of the drive-in because. The tow truck driver had a, uh, what do you want to call that? It was a ramp for yeah. loading up the cars. Yeah, it was like a, a tow truck that had two levels. You could have two different cars on it. Mm, so the ramp's down. So he hauls ass, and he launches off that fucker <laughs> through the neon sign, yep. lands on the other side of the fence, and that stunt cost uh, 75000 which was, let's see here, I want to get try and get this right or as right as i can be or accurate as i can be i mean we all know how accurate imdb is (laughs) but um you're trying to get the conversion to u.s dollars and no 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 not that um but i just want to say it was more than any single stunt performed in australia until then Hmm. and it set a world record for a jump by a truck 49.378 meters or 162 feet it's pretty impressive. That's pretty far. 
I'm sure that's been beaten by now, but at the time it was a world record apparently. But yeah, that's pretty fucking impressive. And watching that too, they had some good camera angles, some good slow motion for that yeah. final car chase and the jump. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty good for, uh, yeah, it was two and a half million dollar budget on this movie, which is actually kind of surprising. Like 85, and they made it in 85. You no, know, they got two and a half mil for this exploitation movie. That's that's kind of a lot. Yeah. Give me that now. <laughs> <laughs> you know, one thing I noticed at the end, like they made this big deal about all these Asian people coming into the camp. And then after they all get trucked in, you only see one for the rest of the movie. So like all the white people are in the diner. Jimmy's the only one in the lot. And you don't see anybody else except the tow truck drivers and the cops. Yeah. Pretty so, much. So I don't know where they, they put all these people that, you know, the whites are so afraid of, but they're nowhere where you can find them. Yeah. They're definitely not anywhere near row F. <laughs> right. Probably hiding out. I mean, they're probably not really allowed in the easy eating diner yet. Yeah. They're and probably he, hiding out in the bathrooms or something. And Jimmy went up and down every row and there was nobody out there. So. I don't know. Plot hole. <laughs> plot thickens <laughs> couple more fun facts two of the films playing at the drive-in are the dragonflies from 75 and turkey shoot from 82 which were both also directed by brian trenchard smith so he's shown his own movies and as a youth in 1970 with his father brian trenchard smith had gone to the very same drive-in um, which is seen in this film to see Sam Peckinpah's Major Dundee from 65. So we had a couple of contrasting fun facts on IMDb about uh, they had planned to dub over the dialogue with American voice actors, mm-hmm. which they allegedly did in uh, Mad Max. I yeah, for, for the American re-release. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one of them said that they did the whole thing and then it sucked, so they said we're not going to do it. And then the other one said they did it all, and then they realized they didn't have the legal rights to do it. Yeah. <laughs> and so they they put it in the vault, never to be seen again. So I don't know if it sucked or if they didn't have the legal rights or both. But Yeah, uh, which is usually why we try and... That's why we call them fun facts, because they aren't necessarily facts. So it's to, if it's from IMDb, take it with a big grain of salt. Or yeah. anything with from the internet, but... Mm. It's probably true when we say it, but fuck, we don't know. I'm surprised they would even go to the trouble. I mean, dubbing every line of a movie is a pretty big undertaking, and what's the point? Americans well, can understand Australian accents. Really? Well. I think. Well. <laughs> I mean, they can, but can you talk all, about... Can all Americans do it? I no. Know, and like like I said, I'll even put on subtitles if I like. there's certain words that I'm not sure i'm hearing right sure but you know normies they get frustrated with that stuff I especially guess. if the sound quality is not as good in, in the yeah. 80s in the theaters yeah. they're probably like i can't hear what they're saying i suppose yeah it depends on how good the quality was like recording the sound in the first place because then uh if you're not familiar with the dialect you know you're not you know you get you put the emphasis on the wrong syllable sometimes yeah, I, I guess I get it. But. Yeah. but yeah, us normies, us dumb Americans can't always figure it out. Sure. 
All right. Uh, any other? Anything else you guys wanted to bring up? I don't, don't think so. so. I think that covers it. Yeah. Um, I thought this was oh. a pretty fun movie. There was my favorite character is when they first arrive at the drive-in. There's this one girl that looks just like Boy George with a bunch of weird face paint, and she does this weird like little dance thing. Oh yeah, you know what I'm that talking was about? weird. Yeah, I was like, "What are you doing?" It seemed like she was like taunting him a little bit with that dance. Yeah, like what the fuck are you gonna I don't know. do? She seemed like the total physical manifestation of the '80s to me. <laughs> yeah, a lot of cool '80s stuff and makeup mm-hmm. styles. It even had the you know gratuitous shower scenes. Yeah. In here, we're oh, just yeah, like, let's yeah. just show naked women for like two minutes. <laughs> yeah. Even the dog had the fucking 80s makeup on it. <laughs> yeah. The Mad Max makeup. The mascot. So, yeah, pretty fun movie. I'd give it an eventually. Um, I think that's what I'll put it in, in the old rating system as. But, yeah, Dead End Drive-In. Good year, 1986. Um, reach out to us. Email us at watchthismovie at yahoo.com. Check out our website at wtmwatchthismovie.com. Follow us on Twitter at watchthis underscore movie. And uh, please rate and review, subscribe on iTunes and Stitcher. Other than that, we will check you later. Guess we'll see you around. All right, check you later. Bye. Man. What are you talking Check about? Check you later. Check you later. <laughs> hey, man, you off my case.